Welcome to the High Speed Podcast, the official podcast of the High Speed Alliance, taking you further, faster, together. We are setting our course for freedom and legacy through mastery of business, finance, family, and lifestyle. Welcome to the High Speed Podcast. This is your host, Forrest Bryant, and we are sponsored by the High Speed Alliance, and we are excited to have Jeff Tallman on the call today. Hey, Jeff, how are you doing? I'm good, sir. How are you, doctor? Uh, doing great, doing great. Uh, uh, Jeff and I have known each other for getting to be quite a while now, and Jeff is the, uh, he's the founder and chief development officer for Life Centers Communities, so he is a wealth of knowledge, not only in the real estate realm, but also with the senior living space, which is something that uh, we are very bullish on. And we'll go into uh, some reasons that we're bullish on, on the senior living space. There's some very powerful demographics that we'll kind of get into. But uh, uh, before we do that, uh, Jeff, let me give you an opportunity to introduce yourself to, to our listeners. Uh, just a, as a reminder, you know, we've got a lot of physicians and dentists and small business owners and uh, we've got uh, a, a real heavy real estate slant to uh, to, to the listeners that, that are that are tuning in, and you know we're focused on freedom and legacy, and doing that through uh, business, finance, family, and lifestyle. So I know all those things are are really important to you. But um, so why don't you introduce yourself to to everyone? Uh, Jeff Tallman, glad to be a part of the show. I really am. Uh, I'm the founder of the company. I, I got sucked into this industry back in 2003 in Southern California, and I've wrapped forward about 15 years. I ended up out in Tennessee, of all places, from San Diego, Carlsbad, and it just started to click. Uh, I recognized the opportunity of what Senior was doing. I'm 68, almost 69 years old, so with my gray hair and the silver tsunami that's ahead of us, it was an obvious way to, for me to deploy a lot of my skills and love for the land development side of things and understanding that residual land values, how the senior housing market itself has a longevity that's way beyond what you might see in other sectors, you know, fixed assets like, you know, multifamily housing and that kind of thing. Multifamily housing rides with the curve. Senior housing rides up. It always does have some gentle curve, but nowhere near as severe. So, I'm excited about it. We've got a little bit different vision about how we do things. Uh, Family-wise, I'm married 48 years, three kids, 12 grandchildren, and now seven great-grandchildren. Wow. That's that's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. I'm proud to have it. And those three great-grandbabies are right here local. Two of them are twins, twin little girls. They're 15 months old, and they got a little sister that's about a month old. Hmm. So I'll tell you, mom's uh, got her hands full and, and dad is a fireman. So, <laughs> you know, it kind of balances the scales to the parenting role. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's fantastic. And I love it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I love, I love legacy and focusing on legacy and, 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 and planning for that. Uh, however, uh, you know, I've got, I've got two kids now. So, you know, for me to look that far into the future, is uh it's yeah. it's it's a, it's a little cloudy uh but i appreciate uh what you've been able to do it reminds me um uh one of my favorite actors is clint eastwood and uh 
they were asking him what was the secret to his success. And he said, I just hung around longer than anybody else. So <laughs> sometimes you just, <laughs> <that> the <laughs> sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta keep on plugging along. So, uh, yeah, yeah. that's, uh, that's great. That's great. Well, um, so, you know, let's talk a little bit about, um, well, before we kind of get in, you know, do you want to talk about, you know, life centers and tell a little bit about, you know, your company and, you know, what you're doing now, and then we can kind of wind it back to how you got there. Sure, exactly. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting when I look back at the love and passion that I have for the senior industry, it's all started with mom with Alzheimer's, you know, a loving, unconditional loving woman by the time she was 70 years old, she was coming down with Alzheimer's and I had bought a piece of dirt in South San Diego County hundred acres and my capital partner was a hospitality guy we were going to put in a really cool family style western themed resort hotel really cool stuff uh it's a it's a lesson on how not to do land deals most of my land deals do really really well but uh long story short we said let's take this seven acres this is back in 2001 right we had about seven acres left over let's give that to the nursing home folks well they don't call it that anymore <laughs> And I met the Jewish community there in town. They had, at the time, it was 358 beds, ocean view, whitewater views in Encinitas, California. And Pam Ferris, CEO, said, Jeffrey, you have to meet Dave Rothschild. Well, I don't know what he did last year in, in gross sales, but the year before, he did $1.8 billion in selling assets all around the country in this space alone. Never owned them, never chose to own them because he always wanted to be arm's length. Wonderful, wonderful guy. And he and many others in my life, whether it's Jim Teleton or Alan Plush, all of them that do these third-party reports and look at our industry always say that your best option is always to start with the operator. And I've learned that. I've learned that the hard way. Uh, even though people preach it, you sometimes you get your head's too hard to sink it in, so you have to <laughs> learn it. But uh, when we came to Tennessee, I had started here in the Cool Springs Franklin Market, which is on fire. Most people know that. Oh, yeah. That met some folks and had a contract on two and a half acres. And the folks that were going to do the apartment building couldn't quite get the density they wanted. So I had to walk away from it. And a fellow out in California had done some artwork on the architectural details for Bridge Street Shopping Center. He said, you've got to go to Huntsville. You've got to see what's going on there. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another. And we ended up in Hampton Cove. We hmm. now have 20 acres under development. And it just took off. The real miracle in my life happened about 18 months ago. So you're getting ahead of your skis when you think you can actually do it. It's your first deal in seniors housing. You might have the right operator. Even if you have to reposition to the operator, the debt's going to say, well, how much kid do you have in the game? You know, <laughs> how many have you done lately? So we ended up with a real blessing to having DMK development group out of Louisville. Uh, Studio A is the architect. Uh, Charter senior living is our operator all because it really spoke to them about a broader vision for what seniors housing can be. Historically, you look at it, the capital runs the business. On the marketing and sales side, they say, how many phone calls, how many follow-ups, how many walkthroughs, and how many checks are collected? The reverse thinking with a proper operator says, do you know their grandkids? Have you taken grandma some cookies lately? Establish a relationship. Get them to trust you. And by golly, they'll, they'll move in. They, they will move in. 
we put a lot of money on the table on the front end, like a lot of the operators out there and, and owners. They'll they'll maybe start their marketing at three months out from opening. Uh, we start 10 to 12 months before we open. Opening in this space is a lot different than apartment buildings. Apartment buildings, you can do what they call a vertical lease up, right? You can build five buildings for 200 units, and the first building gets tenanted up, and boom, you just roll it through. By the time you get to the last fill-up, you're already raising rents. Well, in mm -hmm. a senior housing space, especially in Alabama, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Alabama requires a whole bunch of series of inspections, and you can't move a single tenant in without the staff on board, plates on the cupboard, food in the fridge, and then they come through for their walkthrough. And some right there locally got ahead of their skis, quite frankly. They were building too many projects and had staff on board, food in the kitchen, and placed on the table, and it took them three more months to open because somebody on the general contractor side messed up. They didn't – I mean, really some serious stuff. I mean, like doors aren't wide, open wide enough and the sink is in the wrong place. Real common things that somebody missed because they had 12 or 13 buildings being built at the same time. So we're real proud to represent the fact that we have DMK Development Group as, a, as our principal general contractor. Not only did they help bring the money to the table, the lion's share of it, but they're putting money on the table as well. And they give us what's called a GMP, Guaranteed Maximum Price, uh, full guarantees uh, on completion. Uh, helped us all the way through the process, almost as a co-developer. Uh, I bought this dirt from Jeff Enfinger when I bought it in it was in May of 2015, on Saturday morning at 7 o'clock. We got a call from a local lady there in town. You might know her, Donna Blue. She says, Jeff, he kicked them out. <laughs> Canceled escrow. You got to meet him at 7 o'clock in the morning. So I boot scooped from Franklin up to Huntsville and sit down with Jeff. And he says, you know, getting paid for the dirt is easy. What you're going to do with it is more important. And he, he, he believed in my vision. And we went to the city's amazing. We went from start to full rezone in three months. We had a preliminary master plan and grading plans in another three months, closed all, all cash. Uh, and then we bought the adjoining site next door. The important ingredients of all of that is why do we do things differently? Typically, senior housing has done what they call silo development. In other words, they pick a piece of dirt, of course, they do all their analytics, and we can go into that in a little bit and how important analytics are and who your operator is, how many seniors in your market and all of that. We do that every six months regardless. But the important thing here was <clears throat> that you, you start looking at the economics, and if you don't lose sight of the neighborhood and the community in which you're in, you're going to do like everybody else. You always do what you've always done. You're always going to get what you always got, money driving the deal. Well, money drives the investment but it doesn't drive the operations, the heart, the care, the passion about what you do for seniors housing is what drives the asset value. You can be at 80%, which is barely break even, or you can be at 92, which is what institutional debt will say is your standard, or you can go to 96. Now that difference will go from a, call it a seven and a half cap down to a seven and a quarter cap. That can be a difference of $20 million on the other end when you're mm -hmm. recapitalization happens it's just it's an amazing vehicle uh so what do we do well we we try to broaden our vision to say let's let's do something that's really special we, i've been gifted with this land hunt thing not to proselytize my faith but real honest with you i'll be driving down the road and 
the Lord will just say, turn around and look left, and I'll find something. That happened there in Huntsville. It happened here in Murfreesboro. It's happening right now as we speak here in Franklin. Uh, and now you got to know what to do with it, right? So you're always running your analytics. But we looked at the market there in Huntsville as a classic example, and Murfreesboro is not any different than, than Franklin either. There's a real demand to create hospitality. Hmm. Our senior industry doesn't really understand hospitality. Historically, you go back, Marriott was one of the first people to do seniors' housing because they had this building all set up for, for occupants with kitchens and cleaning and laundry and maid service and all the things that are common to the senior housing space, so they thought they could get into it. They didn't stay very long because it's, it's really more than that. Um, but what they do is they'll, they'll, they'll look at that and say, okay, let's just build it over here on Backhatcher and Hillsborough Road. My daughter is a sales director over there. You, you know Corey. She, she, she's on board there. When she came on board, I'm jumping around a little bit because these are interesting things that come to mind as we talk for us, so if we don't mind. When she came on board five weeks ago, they were at 68%. This is a large company that's really good at what they do. Not sure why. Well, I do know why, and I won't discuss it here, but Corey has a passion for it. She's now at 74%, 75%. She's bound and determined to hit 94% within the year. And that asset will grow like you won't believe when you get that number. Um, So uh, what we do, though, for us is we went ahead and bought the other eight acres next door. You know know about that. And Mm -hmm. uh, you haven't seen the master plan lately. I'll get that over to you. But it's, it's really amazing. We've got 41 villas and a hospitality place, small boutique hotel. Uh, very upscale, and then the Center for Health and Innovation is a component of medical office, seven or eight doctors, merged with what they might call concierge medicine. You you, you know that pretty well. Many of your constituents will too. But it takes us to the next level. Let's make sure that all of the there's 250 people who are living on, living on 20 acres right there in Hampton Cove, make sure they can go next door and see their doctor. But now how do we stay well? How do we improve our health? So we brought in a masterful global company by the name of Hutchinson Consulting, and they're helping us bring forward this vision behind uh, the, the hospitality side of, of senior living with spa and fitness and aromatherapy and all kinds of cool things that help the longevity of life. Because seniors really want to live well, especially when you're getting into our age, 70 plus, you're looking down the road 10 years. It's okay to play bingo, but I'd rather live well. You know, I've contributed to life, and how can I engage? So the next part of that little puzzle is because of the Innovation Center. We're partnering with, with the university there in Huntsville, with the hospitals, with uh, Hudson Alpha, to bring education into that pool. Because you've got these folks that are living right next door that are 86 years old, spent a lifetime in their career, especially in Huntsville. They're retired engineers, retired doctors. They want to contribute back. So we invite the community in. For free classes and free education, and um, we're doing some other extraordinary things. We're we're approaching what's called the well-built concept. Many of y'all out there that are, that have been around the construction trades and residential housing or apartment buildings or even commercial remember when they did the lead thing, where you know it's lead certified. Well, lead certification was real important 15 years ago. But the requirements went dribbled all the way down to the subcontractor. They had to fill out all these reports. Finally, it just kind of went away. So everybody calls themselves lead certified. 
Well build is a simple thing. Make sure you wisely select what kind of paint you're going to use. Uh, pick, select the carpets with some sense of wisdom. That that new car smell, that new new home smell that you smell when you go into a brand new building, is the chemicals that are coming out of those products. That's not very good for the human body. <laughs> <laughs> so we pay attention to that. Uh, stay well is another I- I- ingredient that we're going to do in the hospitality. We're going to build all of the villas. 2,100 to 2,600 square foot billows. We're going to have exercise equipment on site as you go for your little stroll on the on the on the little trail system. You can be able to stop here and there and work out. Integrate the rest of the community into that. Invite the neighborhood in. We got 2,200 homes there in Anticoma States that can come by and visit and participate in all these cool things. So it's it's what's being talked about a lot in the industry: wellness and how to get well. We've got a wellness center. They got a little small gym and they got a pool, you know, in a, in a what they call the silo standalone senior building. Where where are they going to go outside of that building? Nowhere. Now, Hampton Cove's kind of unique. I mean, you can go golfing if you want, right? The golf course has been awesome. With it. We're going to have a trail and golf carts on site. Um, Huntsville, I mean, Murfreesboro is much the same. We're right across the river with pedestrian bridge to the golf course. Uh, here in Franklin, same thing. So, you know, it, it's very cool to try to break the mold and do something that's a little different. There are others that are doing it out west. There's a really cool company out in Tucson, Arizona, one of the best operators in the country. I think they've got 26 communities. Um, so um, that broad scope is, is what brings me passion about what I do. Number one, it's, it's from the heart. You're caring for people. Number two, the economics are huge. We talked about that early on. You know, you're somewhere in the high teens, plus or minus. You could be in the low 20s depending on the, on, the, on, on the economic model and what your average incomes are. I'll give you a couple stats that are, that'll encourage you there in, as your hometown of, of Huntsville. We all know about, you know, the, the Mazda Toyota plant coming in and all of the mm-hmm. growth that's going on. 4,000 new employees, 30% of them are C-level executives and above. We all know that Huntsville, many of us know, that Huntsville has more engineers and PhDs per capita than any other city in the nation. So what does that mean? That means that there's a tremendous attention to living well. That's really what it comes down to and how you connect those dots. So we do these studies from time to time, and then every six months or so. The study we did from Ezra in December of 2016 suggested that we would have a senior-based increase in constituents or residents in the Hampton Cove area alone, just in that one zip code, by 25 to 3%. That's 80-plus years old moving into the Hampton Cove area. <clears throat> Last year, when we did the report in December of 17, it was 12.5%. Hmm. Incomes were averaging 112 when I first got there three years ago. They're 140. It's a, it's a unique city. It really is. And you've got to pay attention to those numbers. Yeah. But you've got to merge it with your heart. That's, that's what's important. Well, you know? we're, we're obviously, we're, we're bullish on Huntsville's for a lot of good reasons. So let's, let's, uh, let's back it up. I mean, you're obviously so passionate about what you're doing and that's, uh, fantastic. And I think if you're listening, you can, you can feel, uh, Jeff's passion and, you know, sounds, sounds wonderful. Sounds like the type of place we'd all want to, <laughs> all want to, uh, spend out our, our, our final days. But, um, um, yeah. so let's talk about, you mentioned it earlier, the silver tsunami. Let's talk about, you know, kind of a big, big picture. Let's, let's talk about, uh, this greatest generation and the, and the baby boomers and just talk about the demographics and why this is, uh, why it's so necessary 
to, it is to, to, build, to build this it's out? It's, it's a double-edged sword to a certain extent. We're building, you know, resort housing, so to speak, for the, for the wealthy that can afford it. And, and that really falls back against the adult children in, in large part. Uh, but they're underbuilding 60,000 units a year right now to meet the demand year by year, and it's growing. Uh, they're failing to address the affordability of it. So we're trying to look at that, some elements of how you build buildings. Does it really have to be a Taj Mahal, like Merrill Gardens out in Madison? Well, they spent a whole bunch of money building that building. Ours, we spent $37 million to build our building. It's going to be gorgeous. The economics will support it. But what other things can you do to kind of meet that demand? We're only tapping maybe 5% of the market that can actually afford to live in our community. That helps drive the numbers. But if you don't have your eye on the future, you're going to lose it. You know, it's going to change. It has to change in large part because this silver tsunami of these baby boomers coming into the market, they're going to have different demands. It's going to be important about the wellness and the care and all of that. It's going to be important to understand technology, what kind of technological things that you can do. There's a book out. uh, Your young lady asked me to come up with a couple of names of some books. This is kind of a tough read. It's called The Longevity Economy by Jill Coughlin. Uh, But the last third of the book, there's a lot of it is, What's happening to the generations and where they go? And do they really want to sit on the front porch and pay, play uh, bingo or whatever? Truth is, they don't. How do you re-engage them? But when you start looking at the baby boomers at the last third of the book and the technological things that are going on in the world today, there is an economic opportunity that it almost boggles your mind. you got to grab at this kitchen this big warehouse of opportunity and figure out what three things can I do in my community tomorrow that really bring benefits. So that silver tsunami is really about change. It really is about change, you know? So uh, let's go into the different types. Cause there's a lot of different, you know, when we talk about senior housing is kind of the, the big umbrella. So, you know, if we break that down, can you help us define the independent living, assisted living, and the memory care? Help us kind of understand, help our listeners understand uh, the differences in those uh, classes. Our operator does it so well. Jane Salerson is, is known all across the country in her marketing and sales and chief of operations for Charter Senior Living and Kevin and his background. And it's, it's best to define it by working backwards. So when you're marketing and selling based on relationship sales. The most difficult sale is the independent living. So let's go to the memory care. Memory care is immediate and now. I've been through it. My dear friend Steve Craver is going through it right now with his mom, 89 years old. Nobody wants to move into memory care, but it's so important because the family can't care for it. So that happens now. Uh, the occupancy factor is there and they have to go over almost 100%. You know, and it two-year waiting list in some cases because they've got to get in there. There's, there's absence of those kinds of beds available. Then it's assisted living. It's denial. The assisted living is, is a care model that's driven based on an assessment of needs. And it can start as simple as that she needs some reminder of when to take her medicines. You know, you've got 40 people on staff in these communities, not four like in a typical multifamily building. <clears throat> so you've got to make sure that you've got the right kind of care and it can go up to seven or eight levels, shower, help getting out of bed, into bed, putting your clothes on, that kind of stuff. 
Um, the independent living is, is selling to the look and feel and touch of that experience. I've earned it. I'm 83 years old. I'm part of the greatest generation. I've got a retirement plan. I can spend $5,000 a month to move in here. And I like the environment because it's about relationships, but they will delay that decision as long as they can get away from it. Mm. So one of the things that we do to backstop that is we start the sales process early and create that relationships to help educate that elder person. I don't like using the word seniors. Nobody's figured out what, how to replace that word seniors, but I try to use the word elder, the, the greatest generation. Have that grandma or that grandpa uh, trust you so they can make that decision to move into independent living. Because why? Is that because of transitional living? Because it won't take long for them to really find it that, that continuum of living, they don't have to move anywhere now. It's their last move. Say they're 86. It'll be their last move. They can go from there to assisted living because now they need some meds and memory care and Alzheimer's and, and dementia. It's such a serious disease. Um, side note, uh, the Hudson Alpha Group, their primary objective is to help solve the, the science behind Alzheimer's. Hmm. So it's a, it's a growing disease. So that demand need starts with getting them comfortable to move into that community, independent living. And that could be $3,500, $3,800. And you go to assisted living and it's going to be $5,200 a month. You go to a memory care and it could be as much as six or $7,000 a month. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so and it can be yeah. tremendously expensive. And uh, I've, I've got a question about insurance, but I want to, I want to, I want to hold that off for just a second. Sure. Um, let's talk about uh, different types of facilities. So um, right. a lot of, you know, that we've got a lot, a lot of discussion, um, you know, from the investor standpoint or just, you know, you know, how they, how these things work. So can you kind of take us through, and we talked about this, you know, the, the, the residential model versus, you know, kind of that smaller community model versus kind of the big box model. And then, you know, uh, different sure. ways where investors can passively, invest into the senior space. So let's talk about the big box model in two constraints. The value creation is done by the operator. The operator serves the the resident well, keeps their margins in tow, kicks out a 40, you know, blended average of 42 or 43% net operating uh, income, holds a cap rate in the low sevens. The community as a value proposition is going to do really well. You go to a what a lot of your constituents will understand the, the buy and flip or the buy and hold or the you know remodel and tear down a house and build three that whole model. The, there's the same thing applies to seniors' housing because they're doing a lot of it. It's the value add. Go into an older community that's 30 years old. It could either be just outdated or it's run by a family business that doesn't know how to run it well. And there are operators, we're not one of them, and, and owners that step into that wall and, and turn it around. They'll spend a million dollars bringing it up to snuff, and they'll increase revenue by 30 or 40%. That value creation can kick out a pretty strong return. You've got to have a certain sense of understanding. Elmcroft was built a lot on that kind of strength. Uh, the other model, which is exciting, quite frankly, I've spoken to uh, Dr. Hatcher and several others about this particular model, is the in-home care model. My mom ended up in an in-home care. I'll tell that story real quick. So mom was 74 years old when she started coming down with Alzheimer's. And she was living up in the Northwest. We call her Grandma Beach because she lived on the beach. 
<laughs> and so and so we moved her to California. I lived in this big I like that. I think I just got my new my grandpa nickname, Grandpa Beach. Yeah, grandpa Beach. <laughs> So my my dad called her uh, Mama Sweet because she was Jewish, but she had a, a real Indian uh, type nose, you know. <laughs> uh, anyway, she uh, she was a gracious woman, and so I said, "Sis, let's bring her here," because I had this big house near the beach. And she'd be comfortable with the ocean and all of that kind of stuff, and the, the sounds of the waves. Well, it wasn't two years into that that Grandma Beach started turning into this angry person. The grandkids would come over. What happened to Grandma Beach? She looks mad. And she literally went from this happy person with a glint in her eye to this frown all the time. So we moved her into an assisted living community there in Carlsbad. Well, two years into it, at $8,000 a month, I said, sis, I need some help. So she moved it into Maria's home. As that disease progressed, she lived there for about five years until she died. And she was in it for the heart. She didn't do it for money. But typically, you can run an in-home care model, depending on your municipality or what city you're in, anywhere from six to 12 beds. Some of them will even go up to 16 beds. And, they, you know, there's certain demands. You've got to have it on the single floor. You've got to, have, you've got to do some remodel to the building to make sure the walls are, are built properly. And you've got hallways that are wide enough for wheelchairs. And you've got, you know, the the toilets all set up and the doorways are, are three and a half foot wide and all that kind of thing. Yeah. But you're going to end up with a, a, a solid uh, $2,500 a month per bed. Do the numbers on that at six or 10 beds. That's pretty healthy cash flow. Right. You're going to spend because it's, it's a smaller community. You're going to spend 55 or 60% in, in labor costs and debt service and all of that to care for them. You're going to walk away with a strong 40%. Not, not bad at all. Hmm. I'll tell a story around that. So about, what was this? Probably in 2010, right? This piece of land that I bought in El Cajon, we still own it today. That's a story for another time. (laughs) Dr. Hatcher heard the story over a glass of beer here a month or so ago at the airport with your your last event. And uh, basically the the elements of, of what happened to... To that particular, I just lost my train of thought here. Um, ask me another question. I'll pick it up. That's okay. We, we, I'm not even going to speak it. No, we that's okay. We, 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 we can edit that out. So I'll, 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 we're, we're kind of, we're getting, we're getting long. So uh, we're here. I'll ask you, we're kind of getting into the final question here. So uh, Tim, sure, sure. Tim, Tim's my editor. So Tim, cut that out. Okay. We're, we're coming back in. So that's some phenomenal information, Jeff. So we're kind of getting towards the end of the uh, end of the podcast here. So uh, let's just kind of wrap it up with, um, uh, do you have a book or a favorite quote that you want to share? Uh, well, the Maxwell series of leadership is always a really exciting opportunity. I went to his church a few times down in San Diego when he's a pastor of a very large church. He's an amazing guy. My most recent book is, uh, I happen to be blessed to be in the same church as Scott Hamilton, and he just released a new book called Finish First, Hmm. Winning Changes Everything. Now, what an example of a man that has courage through faith. This is the fourth time he's beat cancer. I mean, just a few months ago, you know, on ABC News. (laughs) Yeah, I I call it a miracle, sir. (laughs) 
So it's a very encouraging book to help you refocus a little bit. Uh, the Joe Coughlin book, uh, albeit a little bit difficult read, um, is, is another one. Um, one of my favorite books when I was in my twenties, a little children's book called Jonathan Livingston Siegel. It's for those that are younger and need to regain their passion in life to learn how to fly faster. You're not just here to eat. You're here to live for purpose and for freedom and all the things that you guys stand for. So those are some of the books. Uh, that's that that's like. great. And that's, that's a, that's a good lead into my, my final question here. And that is what does freedom mean to you? Well, I, you know, my faith comes first, you know, freedom in Christ. Um, I've been through my own pity parties through the recession. So I've learned to adjust. One of the things I heard in a, in a teaching here just the other day that sometimes we expect a miracle, but God has a resurrection in mind rather than just a miracle. So freedom to me is all of that and hanging on to your passion. My biggest passion is engaging with others and creating relationships. So that's, that's what freedom means to me. Whatever I do, I can live it out and, and show it in my action day to day. Well, that's, that's fantastic, Jeff. Well, we appreciate you being here. Don't go anywhere. We're going to roll over to the uh, members only side of the podcast, but, um, uh, sure. to our, to our, uh, to our members, uh, if, if they want to get in touch with you, Jeff, what's the best way, uh, for them to get in touch with you if they want to talk to you? Jeff at lifecenters.net is always the best. Uh, take a look at our website, learn a little bit about us and then send me out an email. Glad to reach out. Okay. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Well, uh, thanks for being here, Jeff. Uh, thank you for our, to our listeners for listening to the high speed podcast. We appreciate you guys. Please uh, check out highspeedpodcast.com to listen to more great content and uh, check out highspeedalliance.com for uh, information on one of our upcoming events. We've got a, we've got a great event coming up and we hope that, uh, that you'll be there with us. So uh, Jeff, any, any, any parting thoughts uh, before we wrap up the first side? I'm bringing my wife to Sandestin, Florida. <laughs> All right. Well, we're yeah, looking forward to. I look forward to the event. It'll looking forward to having having you there. Okay. Well, uh, thanks, Jeff. Don't go anywhere. To our listeners, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, we will see you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Forrest Bryant, and I want to thank you for listening to the High Speed Podcast. Uh, we want to remind you that the information we share on this show is impersonal and only our opinion. You should not take impersonal advice and apply it to your own situation without discussing this information with us or with another licensed professional uh, that's familiar with your situation. Um, our opinions are just that, and this show is for education only. Uh, this is in no way a solicitation or offer to sell any securities or other types of investments. So thank you and uh, have a great day. You've been listening to the High Speed Podcast. To read our blog and to learn more, visit our website at www.highspeedpodcast.com.